Imagine your favorite video game. Now imagine going downtown with some friends, buying a ticket, sitting down in a group of strangers in a huge dark room, and doing absolutely nothing to control that video game while a director or writer ruin it. Today on... That was deep. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to go that dark with it, honestly. I was half winging it. I had the concept and then just went with it. Yeah, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so today we are talking about movies based on video games. And there is a lot of fodder there. That's one word for it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we have mentioned in the past the Mortal Kombat movie. Uh, I don't remember to what extent we discussed it, but I know we've talked about it. Yep. And, you know, I would say most people probably think of that as one of the top tier video game based movies. Oh, and yeah, hands down. I probably still do, too, even though watching it recently, I was like, yeah, that was a cheese fest, but it was still like, like in a good way. Yeah, it was great. I, 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 you're right. I think it's my top three video game movies, honestly. So I think it's great. I mean, you, you kind of have to forgive it, given that it came out in 95. But right. for the most part, the, the movie, it, it works. There's some special effects and stuff that have not aged well over the last 26 years. But aside yeah. from that, it's not bad. It, it maintains the content from the video game pretty well. Um, they give you some good fight scenes, interesting character development. Some of the characters are, yeah. <laughs> again, cheesy. Kano is a good example. Yeah, but, <laughs> but Scorpion and Sub-Zero, I mean, what else do you need in a movie, really? So I, Yeah, I think and even good. with the, the get over here, you know, they, they did it all. That's <laughs> so bad. But yeah, I love it. <laughs> love all that. I mean, you know, compared to today... Today, fandom kind of gets a level of attention and seriousness in movies. Like the Marvel movies that are such a blockbuster now, even 15 years, well, this more than 15 years, 20 years ago, for example, they would have looked like Mortal Kombat. They wouldn't have gotten, I guess, the respect that fans want from the property, right? So back in the 90s, the fact that we even got a good Mortal Kombat movie, as cheesy yeah. as it is, is still pretty mind-blowing. I mean, if you... you... Spider-Man was probably the first good Marvel movie, right? Yeah. And that didn't happen till 2001? Is that, was that late? Yeah, you know what? You're right, yeah. And those are fantastic I think it was movies. 2001, maybe 2002. It was something like yeah. that. But those were good. But that was the first Marvel film that was, like, the first comic book film that really shined for audiences. You know what I mean? Yeah, There was, exactly. like, there, there were, I, I mean... Okay, I'm ignoring Superman, but <laughs> oh, and I don't want to make any enemies game. here. <laughs> that was well, one of my no, picks. but I'm but I'm talking about like Marvel, like comic book movies. Batman okay. came before it. Batman was good, but it was it was not to the visual representation degree that Spider Man was. Yeah, Spider Man was the first one that really pushed the envelope visually, as well as telling the story of the character. And 
as far as video games go, I mean, Super Mario Brothers, let's go back to 1993. Super Mario Brothers tried to push the envelope visually. It tried yeah. to do all sorts of crap. And I think nobody knew what it was trying to do anymore by the time it came out. It but... took some liberties, we got to say. <laughs> <laughs> And it, like, even on top of that, apparently there was character development in that movie that was completely scrapped and cut. And in uh, the Koopa Cousins, Iggy and I can't remember the other one's name. I know the guys you're talking about. Yeah, I don't remember the uh, yeah the characters. Okay, they so had the so two they had Koopa more Cousins. Then. Yeah, apparently there's a version out of the movie out there now that you can find you know, through illicit means <laughs> where they added that content back in and it makes them more, uh, I, I guess they're kind of against King Koopa a little bit. So okay. there was more to that movie than just that. They didn't think that they, they were kind of anti-authoritarian, I guess. Right. And Rebels, that was completely cut from the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it, it just became this really bizarre sort of, I don't know, <laughs> fever dream of what Super Mario Brothers should be. <laughs> yeah, that the the cut content version of that movie, I actually really want to see it. I tried looking for it on uh, <clears throat> places, yeah, I too. and I, I couldn't find it, actually. I do want to see it, though, because I have not watched that movie in, it feels like, since I was a kid. And I, I know the movie is, I was going to say it's not aged well, but it was not good back then either. <laughs> but I kind of still want to see it. I've seen it. I think the last time I saw it, I was in my 20s. So it's, okay. it's not been since I was a kid. Um, it is a total cheese fest. It's not great. It's fun. To me, it's on the level of like Howard the Duck. It's not a good movie. It's a fun movie. You yeah. know? <laughs> you know what? Not every movie I watch has to be like amazing plot wise. Doesn't have to be that great. Like sometimes you just want a popcorn movie that's fun. And that's, and that's perfectly fine. And a lot of the movies we're yeah. going to talk about are just fun movies, and that's that's okay. So, you know, we got the Super Mario Brothers movie, and we got the Mortal Kombat movie two years later, and it was a huge step up. But between those, there was Street Fighter. <laughs> ah, poor and Raul Julia. Such an amazing have... actor. And this is what he's left us with. <laughs> Street Fighter. I've not seen this movie and i wanted to watch it before we did this but i couldn't find it anywhere without having to pay for it where it was whereas it was included with streaming services a few months back so i missed my window yeah I'm sure that'll come around again but for now i don't want to pay to rent it <laughs> no i i watched it not too long ago i think i want to say last year my wife and i sat and watched it with the kids she probably shouldn't have watched it but they were, they were in the background playing they were they're getting an eyeful and uh my kids recognize the characters. They recognize Ryu as, you know, the wizard that throws fireballs from the video game because they actually like the video oh, wow. games quite a bit. So they recognize some of the characters. They did not recognize Guile, which was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, I mean, you look at this movie, Van Damme, Raul Julia, they even have Kylie Minogue, who's like a famous singer and from Australia. Uh, it's a decent Who cast. Who did she play? Sorry? Who did she play? Uh, Cammy. <laughs> oh, okay. So like, I can... Yeah. That's like, why not? She has an accent. <laughs> it's not yeah. British, right, Cammy? But it's, it's close. It's Australian. It's, it's the same thing, right? Uh, you know, the Back movie, then, the yeah. movies, yeah. It's not a good movie, but it's it's fun because I like it because 
it's the video game or the movie that's based on the video game that also spawned its own video game, right? There's Street Fighter, the movie, the game in arcades. And I actually played that <laughs> a fair amount. I wish I had played that. I think it was also on like PlayStation and Saturn or something like that. I think it, so, That's yeah. what I wanted to play, but I never wanted to pay to play it. And none yeah. of my friends ever had it. And it was, I, I don't think I ever saw it on rental shelves. So I was like, well, I guess I won't play it. I'm not surprised it was not stocked. It. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, it was like the Mortal Kombat trick of live action sprites, I guess. But it's just so much worse. Like so terrible. Like it made Mortal Kombat 1 look good, I think. But uh, yeah, I, I still put quarters into it, right? I couldn't cut it at Street Fighter 2. So I, I played that one quite a bit. But. Something to consider is Super Mario Brothers, while not being a good movie, it really got this this whole ball rolling as far yeah. as getting video games turned into movies. So the very next year we saw Street Fighter, but we also saw Double Dragon, <laughs> which <laughs> I cannot find anywhere online. It, it it virtually is inexistent except for the trailer. Yeah. I've I saw I've not seen it recently, I don't think. I did see it when I was a teenager. I think it was on the, the cable movie channel. And I only watched it because Alyssa Milano was in it. And I, I fucking loved her as a teenager. So I thought she was great. So I can't remember who the main actors are who played Billy and Jimmy. It or also, Bibby. yeah, I don't know who that is, but it also had Robert Patrick. Right. He's the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> T so he, did, he had Terminator 2 where he played T-1000 and then went to do this. Well, oof. <laughs> Yeah, okay, but T-1000, no speaking role, Double Dragon, totally the starring villain. I mean, that's a step up. <laughs> yeah, I'm... Hey, it's, just, <laughs> it's like a lateral step down. <laughs> it's like rather the silent movie option. Yeah, I feel bad for him. But yeah, he was in that. But he... I mean, he's gone on to do cool stuff, so it's not like it, you know, it, it did anything too terrible to his career, but... You know, I think like Raul Julia, I think end of the day for some actors, it's a paycheck, right? Like it's guaranteed paycheck. Yeah. I think in, I think and in Raul Julia's case, he did it because his kids said, hey, you should do a video game movie. Go do Street Fighter. And he did it. Maybe Robert Patrick. Yeah, had the same I'm idea, sure. Right? I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there was family input from the little ones. Like, yeah, you know, this is on my desk. What should I do? And then the kids find out and they're like, yes, please <laughs> do that. Yes. Play this. So I don't want to I don't want to go through everything, but I want to bring one up and ask you about it. Sure. I got a movie that I kind of enjoyed, even though I know it's bad. So there, there's a lot of that in this genre. But Doom. <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> did you was ever movie. see Doom? No, I did not see it. I was never a huge Doom fan, though. Although even if I was, I don't think I would have saw this movie. Who was in this one? Was The I... Rock in this one? The Rock. Yeah, okay. And I don't remember who played the main character, but it had The Rock, um, <laughs> who ultimately becomes the villain. Oh, you mean he wasn't the Doom guy? I thought he was like the hero. No, he's oh. the bad guy. Okay, Carl okay. Urban is the hero. <laughs> I like him, though. So he's he's great. Doom guy. Yeah. So you... Basically, what's going on is they instead of ha this all happening on Mars or some right. other planet like Mars's moon or whatever, it's on Earth. It's in 29 Palms, California, actually, which is not too far from where I grew up. A couple hours. Okay. And 
clearly a, an inspiration for Doom. It's still, you know, same concept, but it's on Earth. And the rock becomes possessed by a demon. And so okay. you've got this big badass who's now an evil big badass. And Carl Urban, who is part of his platoon, has to take him on and take him down. So they've got this big final, se- uh, final scene where this is going on and he's fighting the monsters and trying to hide, like trying not to get killed by everything. And it goes first person like it does in the games and it <laughs> starts playing it the music and it's, it's super cheesy. I think because I'm not a huge doom fan, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was great in how awful it was. <laughs> I didn't realize Carl Urban was in it. Cause he's, I like him a lot. He was in uh star yeah. Trek reboot as McCoy. He was in Lord of the Rings, right? He was in uh Xena. I actually like he him. Was he was Dread. also in Dread. Yeah, he was great in and Dread. I like him as an actor. He he was in another TV show that the wife and I really liked, Almost Human. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've seen, what I mean, the only so, handful of episodes, but that was a great uh, robot cop yeah, show. Yeah, it only had like, what, eight, nine episodes, but it was a good yeah. show. I liked that show. He played the character well. Yeah. And <laughs> I didn't realize that that was him because his name was not on my radar back when I watched this movie. But yeah. <laughs> here we are. Yeah, and I like I like it, him. I like The Rock. How could you go wrong with such a pair? Well, Mick Doom, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it had Rosamund Pike. Oh, I know her. Um, yeah, she was in that movie recently. Um, I care a lot, or we care a lot, something like that. I think so. Just, yeah, it's it's an infuriating film. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen that one either. I got a real gap in my, uh, I guess, movies I've watched over the last few years. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that one for the cheese fest that it was. It's yeah. it's not something you don't go in and like, oh, this is going to be the best movie of all time. You go in and you're like, OK, this is a doom movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie based on a shareware game from 10 years prior <laughs> that right, but everybody you know... loved. And we got to we got to recreate the over the topness of that game in a somewhat realistic manner. I, I see why in they that do that regard. Though. Yeah. Like I see why they do this because video games were hugely popular even back then. And in corporate world, how can you go wrong by taking a property that's popular with kids and the, you know, the young people in video games and making that into a movie? How could you go wrong? I can see the marketing spin behind it, but it just it was just too early, right? Just they they never gave the respect that I think the fandom deserved, like I was saying before. Because it's on paper, it sounds good, but there's definitely a reason why Nintendo basically skipped on movies for decades after the disaster of that original Mario Bros. movie. Yeah, well, I mean, this came out after Resident Evil, and Resident Evil proved that it didn't need to like super closely follow the game, but rather yeah. implement some of its lore to be successful. Again. Like this, this one's a toss up whether people think it's a good movie or not, which I can understand because it doesn't closely follow the lore of the the games. Instead, it incorporates some of that lore and tells its own story, which I think is a fair way to do it. Yeah, I I just wonder, would I have liked Resident Evil better if it didn't have the name, right? Because it's basically a, a B movie horror movie. And I don't mind that. I actually liked it. I actually did see it in theaters when it came out. And I did enjoy Resident Evil. I don't think I watched any of the sequels, though. <laughs> but I think if it was called something else, 
I probably would have liked it maybe a bit more. I think maybe when I went to first see that movie, I was expecting more of Resident Evil, right? Because at the time, I think I'd played... Would I have played the series by then? Because I was late coming to that series. I don't know. But it, it was not a bad uh, movie. Resident Evil... Resident Evil 2 came out in 98, I want to say. Okay. So then, yeah, because so... I played 2 and 3. So I guess maybe I would have played 2. I would have expected more of the storyline in, in the movie, and it wasn't there. It, but it was not a bad mm. movie. I actually quite did like Resident Evil. But yeah, Doom came after both Resident Evil and Lara Croft Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie. And I think it's safe to say that both of those were at least modest successes. Yeah. I mean, Resident Evil went on to spawn a six-film franchise. <laughs> I can't believe it went that long. I can't believe I, it's so many. I don't know how they did it. I don't understand how each movie, it kept making enough money to warrant another one when they were heavy on the special effects. Yeah. I, I enjoyed them. I didn't think they were good enough to go to the movie theater to see. Right. I had plenty of friends who did. So there you go. Was uh, Millie Jehovich in all of those? I believe so. Okay. She, she was a new character to Resident Evil. She was Alex, yeah. which is not somebody that was in the games, at least up to that point. I don't know if she's been introduced. I don't follow Resident Evil that closely. Um, yeah, because the main characters I, are uh, is Claire, Claire Redfield, and uh, there is one other character. Or is it just Claire? There's Claire, Chris, Claire and Chris, the Redfields. Um, Obviously, Albert Wesker. There's yeah. um, Leon Kennedy. Leon, yeah, and Jill Valentine. Jill, Jill I think Valentine. it's safe to say that of. those five are really at the heart of the franchise. Yeah, and, yeah, and they keep coming back. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, but that was a that was a pretty good movie. Pretty gory. I mean, I think it may be true to the. I got true to the short source material in terms of the gore and the, the violence and the there were zombies. There's lots of zombies and a bit of intrigue yeah, there. It was it was pretty good. It it brought the theme and the idea of feeling helpless against an overwhelming horde of creatures that are near unstoppable sometimes to yeah. the big screen. And it was successful in that regard, I'd say. Yep. All right. You got any you got any up your sleeve for me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you did pick my earlier pick, which was to say, you know, the Superman, which was, of course, based on the breakout classic from Kemco, <laughs> Superman on the NES. And I, I got to say, man, I just, how do you take Christopher Reeve and Marlon Brando and convince them to make a video game movie? I just I just don't know. <laughs> that was my joke wow. for, for the day. No, but I do have I do have one, actually. <laughs> Maybe kind of a joke still, but <laughs> I did not realize this was a movie. And when I saw it, I really said, I know that. And it was Ratchet and Clank. And I immediately said to my wife, I know this one. I didn't know it was a movie, but we did an episode on this game series of Ratchet and Clank. And then yes. five minutes later, it dawned on me, no, asshole, you did an episode on Jack and Daxter. And it was the whole... <laughs> It was just the whole thing again where I realized, shit, this is why I confuse the two damn series so easily. It's like, I, I just can't tell them apart. So I was all excited for a minute that there's a Jack and Daxter movie, but no, I was wrong. It, it was Ratchet yeah. and Clank. It was an animated movie. Uh, I don't know how good it was, but uh, it seemed true to the casting. It had the same main voice uh, voice actor from the game was in the movie. Um, it had a David Kay, I think his name is, as Clank. And he's, I know him from Beast, uh, Beasties or Beast Wars, depending on what country you're in. So it seemed... Okay. 
seemed like a decent uh, take on the game. So that, that came out in the 90s, I believe. Well, the Ratchet and Clank movie came out in 2016. Oh, so not the 90s. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I think much it's like very much... It's, it's a lot of tongue-in-cheek humor. And I think it's more in line with what they ended up doing with the Ratchet and Clank reboot than they than okay. what they did with the original Ratchet and Clank. But I mean, those are it's it's not so 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 far apart that it's like you play the new one and the old one feels super foreign. Instead, exactly. it's a more interesting retelling of the first game is what I understand. Again, I've not played either of these games and I haven't seen the movie. I wanted to watch the movie one night, but uh Kiddo wasn't interested, wife wasn't interested, so I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> it's hard to sell kids on, <laughs> it's hard to sell them on a movie or a character, like an animated character, I think they don't they're not familiar with. I've had that problem with my kids where it's like, hey, you want to watch She-Ra? They never watched She-Ra, right? Like I did because as a kid, <laughs> I used to watch She-Ra and He-Man. But I had to make them sit and watch the first episode and they were kind of hooked in that reboot. So sometimes you gotta kind of force them to watch something. <laughs> Yeah, um, trying to think. Oh, I forgot about that one. Rampage. What that was came out in twenty eighteen. Yeah, based, again, based on the Star building the smashing Rock. monster game. Yes. Are you kidding me? I, got, I didn't even no, know that was a thing. they Hold did. On. Yeah, they did the the first George is right. a gorilla in a zoo, and his handler and trainer sees him becoming much larger, more aggressive, starts to worry. And, you know, he gets big enough to where he breaks out and starts heading toward downtown L.A. And then it actually, um, they end up also seeing the wolf, which is Ralph, I think, is what yes. they nickname him. Yeah, Ralph and um, Lizzie was the lizard. I remember, I loved the game growing up. I, I can't believe this movie. And you see who's starring in it, of course. Yeah. The Rock and it, the move. The movie was actually kind of fun. It was. It was. It was not what Rampage was, because first off, the original Rampage games were people turned into these giant monsters, right? Whereas in this case, it was actual animals turned into these giant monsters of the animals they were. So I think, um. I know for sure Ralph and George make an appearance. I don't remember how big Lizzie's appearance was. Um, it might have been a reference to a potential sequel toward the end. I don't recall. But well, yeah, you... There has got to be a, a gritty reboot or a trilogy or something these days. Yeah. I can't believe this came out. This is 2018. This is recent, too. I love that The Rock is starring in this. He must have a thing for video game movies. <laughs> but um... I mean, he just... It it was a big budget movie. Yeah. It and it it tried to tell a good story. It didn't really try super hard to recreate what you saw in the games and instead tried to take what Rampage was and turn it into a potential kaiju film. Right. So, I mean, cuz at the end of the day, it's giant monsters destroying buildings. Yeah, there's not much plot <laughs> right? in Rampage, right? Like, I, I, no. I, I know the original arcade one I played to death. I played some of the the later sequels that came out, the, the pre-rendered graphics. I think N64 had one. But even those, I don't think had much plot. At least not plot worth turning into a feature film. Anyway, so I think that's kind of odd they would even try this one. 
that's definitely got to be one of the weirder video game IPs to pluck from, honestly. Well, I, it's it's not a whole lot weirder than the idea of taking Battleship and turning it into a film. So. I don't, you know, so a coworker of mine, I think he wanted to go see it. And I think I said, I told him, are you kidding me? Like, no, I'm not going to see Battleship the movie. What are you fucking kidding me? And he went and saw it. He swears it was a good flick. I just don't see it. Like they even had pegs, right? As the the the, the aliens or something like that, or as the enemies. But it's it's like the pegs really? come down and hit the ships. I, that's what I heard anyway. But I can't think of a look. The only thing dumber than making Battleship the board game a movie is when I heard that they're taking Tetris and making Tetris a series of flicks. That's in the works. I don't what? even know how. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up and see if it's still around. I know, but it was not just one flick. They were making more than one Tetris film. Oh my god! It was gosh. a Warner Brothers thing. Hold on, let me just double check. Because it's been IMDb for a long time. Yeah, Tetris film. Tetris is a bio. Oh, that's a no. That's an Apple Plus thing. No, there's a movie for sure. Hold on. Now I gotta Hold look on. this up. Oh, okay. They're doing one on the chronicling the development and release of the video game Tetris. That I'd watch. Oh. That's yeah, that could be really yeah. cool. I was thinking it was going to be like uh, the Tetranominoes invading the Earth or something <laughs> stupid like that. <laughs> no, I could totally watch this. I'm looking at the cast. Uh, Taron Egerton plays one of the characters. I love him in uh, The Kingsman and all that. Yeah, I bet. You know what? Yeah, I, I changed my mind. Tetris is not a bad idea getting... for a movie. I totally watched that. Yeah, that seems like a really cool idea. The story behind how Tetris came to be from its original inception in Russia to actually yeah. becoming marketed around the world is a very interesting story. And so a lot of that stuff, I think we're going to start seeing more of that with the success of, uh, what was that book? Um, Console Wars. Yes. And that's supposed to be uh, getting turned into a movie or a series or something. I think that would be really cool to see. There's a lot more in the behind the scenes as far as getting the business done that we don't think about that's sometimes shady or super interesting or really smart decision making that you wouldn't have expected that that was what they were doing or what they were going for, you know? And I, I think there's something to that. And with all these, like we got movies about every other industry. <laughs> <laughs> well did you ever see it was a long time ago now was it the late shift which was the hbo movie about leno and david letterman's war about late night i've never seen it and okay. i feel ashamed to say that it was really quite good <laughs> but that behind the scenes of that industry movie at uh, that but give me sega of america and sega of japan and how they released the saturn the sega cd the dreamcast like that story i think would be really great like dramatic movie about how Sega of America yeah, well, is telling Japan you're fucking nuts. Stop, please stop, and just just that I, industry. I want that to be a series. I would love yes. that to be a series. There's so much there to tell, and yeah, Tom Kalinsky dealing with Sega of Japan was. Yeah, it's you when you're listening to what he went through and fought for. It's just so frustrating that uh, the executives in Sega of Japan were like, "No, no, no, you're completely wrong," and then. He'd be proven right time and time again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be a great story to tell. I'm just trying to think of like other video game properties that are probably missing out. 
because like I, we mentioned Tomb Raider a little bit earlier, and I think that was actually quite a good movie for what it was. It channeled maybe a little bit of natural treasure treasure in there, as well as you know, of course, your Indiana Jones. I liked it quite a bit. I did not mm -hmm. see the reboot of that that came out a couple of years ago either. I should probably look that one up. But uh, I think we're at the point now where any story driven game, I think now if they did a movie on it, I think could be the potential to be quite good. Like I almost yeah, I almost there's... want to see a Final Fantasy movie again. Almost. Like I actually liked Advent Children quite a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Even though it was not a great movie. It was certainly better than Spirits Within. But I think give Square or let Square give another studio a chance to make a Final Fantasy film based on one of the games, I think could be okay. Yeah, I think that could happen. Um depending on the game, I mean it's it's one thing you you see stuff like uh what Naughty Dog has two game franchises in the works there's um as far as becoming film adapt film adapted um there's the last the of us tv series oh right and there's uh the uncharted movies with uh what's his name tom tom holland yeah tom holland yes yep <laughs> who apparently getting quite buff for the role too i'm, I'm interested to see what he looks like because I, I love him as spider-man i think he's a great spider-man so i'm very interested to see him in uncharted even though i've not played the games <laughs> i get the premise and uh, i'm curious what it's, it's gonna be about it's funny because for years now i've seen the idea kicked around that if they ever make an uncharted it should be nathan fillion and finally playing through the first uncharted game i'm like okay i can totally get that yeah based on because he always plays characters like Nathan Drake. And then right. he did that indie film that was like 14, 15 minutes where he's played as Nathan Drake. And it was, it was a good representation of the character and it worked. But I, I mean, there's the fact now that uh, Nathan Fillion is getting a little old for the role to be a yeah, young exactly. character as he was in the first game. That's the only downside. So I, I'm I'm interested in seeing Tom Holland play Nathan Drake and just revisit that character every few years. You know, it doesn't have to be a yearly thing. You know, give it two to four years between films, if not a, a little more, and you've just got boom. He's a little bit older in each one, a little bit wiser in each one, instead of just daisy chain him. That's <laughs> that's the well, problem a lot of times is they try to rush him out. Yeah, I don't I don't like the idea of yearly franchises and flicks or even every couple of years. Definitely space them out. Like even the Spider-Man flicks with Tom Holland, I think, should be maybe a little bit further apart so he grows up a little bit. But uh, but I get it. Nathan Fillion, yeah, you're right. I think if they tried doing that 10 years ago, he would have been better for it. But I don't know if the movie would have gotten the attention it deserves. I think we might have mm. had something more along the lines of the Assassin's Creed movie, which was terrible. So... But that's interesting. I, for, I didn't realize I forgot about Last of Us, the TV show. That's another game I sadly have not played. But I'm interested in the show if it follows the game closely, because that'd be a way to see the story from the game, which I heard is nothing but excellent. And uh, it also oh, yeah, stars the, game the, uh, is the guy great. from Mandalorian, right? It's, yeah, it's... Uh, oh my gosh, I usually know his name? his name and I oh, can't... Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... the. Last of Us is great. I've been meaning to play The Last of Us 2. I have it on my shelf behind me. I just haven't gotten to it. Uh, same with the Uncharted games. I only just started playing Uncharted. It's been on my shelf yeah. for a year and a half. <laughs> so it's definitely easier now, I think, for them to take a game franchise and turn it into a film just with the amount of storytelling games are employing these days. Yeah. 
it's it no longer has to be like a cinematic game to get to be turned into a film. It's now most games just inherently have a good degree of storytelling and generally do it well to where it can be converted easily. Right. And yeah, it's, it's no longer see- about a plumber jumping on, you know, sentient mushrooms as he eats non-sentient mushrooms. It's Yeah, like Mario as a concept of a story is, is quite out there. It's ridiculous, but that's okay. Like, you know what? Something like um, Metroid. I've been playing a lot of Dread. I'd like to see someday a Metroid movie. I think you take the badass female bounty hunter and if you do it well and do it, you know, not stupid... And like, you know, have the armor, have the, the world, the world building. Cause she, she's a great character. I love that character. So yeah. I think you can do something with Metroid and do well. But I keep thinking about whenever a studio takes a video game property, I feel like there's still that tendency to go back to what they did 20 years ago and make bad movies, just like cash grabs and franchise instead of trying to give it the respect it deserves. There's very, there's very few video game movies. I think that do it well these days right like as they said when Mortal Kombat is a top three video game movie I think that says something of where it is right now see what did you think about the Silent Hill movies so I haven't seen them actually uh and I only ever played that what? first game I know I've only played the first game I'm not a horror fan though like dude I was playing Phasmophoria with with Chard and his, his guys the other week I'm fucking scared <laughs> shitless I'm lousy with horror games like you have no idea <laughs> Like, I just get jump scares. Do not agree with my system. I'll have a heart attack. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I've, you know, I've always been that way. Even back to like the, uh, the Freddy movies. I remember staying up late watching a Freddy Cougar movie. The one where the one kid gets trapped in a roach motel and his hands get stuck in the goo and he pulls his arms away and they're cockroach arms or something. Just that image has scared me off an entire franchise. Like, <laughs> my only exposure to anything horror related is what Rory did with his short film and seeing that. So really, honestly, <laughs> I'm not a fan so, of the genre. <laughs> Chart and I did an episode on horror stuff a while back and we did talk, uh, you know, more specifically horror games, but we talked a little about movies, but growing up, I was not into, and I'm, I'm still kind of not into, you know, the Freddy movies, the Jason movies, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the 13th. Like, I can think of everything about the movie. I know his name's Jason Voorhees. I know it was at Camp Crystal Lake. I can't think of the movie name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I was never really into those. But I liked the Alien movies. At least, you know, the first two. I really enjoyed those. Um, I didn't see the other ones, like, three and four until years and years after they came out. I forgot there was a fourth. I actually, you know, they're... (laughs) If you're comparing them to the first two, they're not great, not by any yeah. means. But as far as building lore in that universe, it's interesting to see where they went. That's yeah. That's kind of what I like about those, and that, that's that's what I feel like is the redeeming quality about those movies is the world building and you know just expanding the lore of the alien universe. They don't stand. They don't stand a candle against Alien and Aliens. Alien yeah. Three, not nearly as good. Uh, Resurrection, <laughs> it was. <laughs> It was, but it, the, what they tell you about those places in Alien Resurrection is crazy because it's been a few hundred years and they're like still trying to weaponize this thing, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what I like. And so I was, I was never super into horror. I more like the world building behind it. 
And so that's why I like the Alien franchise. Um, Silent Hill. I've not played any Silent Hill games except for the first one and okay. Shattered Memories, which is a remake of the first one. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I heard that game was great. You were telling but, us before about that one. That is on my list to go through. But the Silent Hill movies are really good. And it's great because it's easy to look at them and be like, okay, that, that reaction was over the top. There's one moment where Sybil, the cop, she, and I don't know if that was her name. I don't remember if that was her name in the movie. Last time I saw the movie was in theaters, but okay. I enjoyed the movies. Um, she, it's when she first experiences hell opening up around them and seeing Pyramid Head. And this whole thing happens and then Pyramid Head wanders away and everything clears up and she's just standing there and she's like, she, you could tell she's just at her wits end and she's, she doesn't panic or anything, but instead she's just at the top of her lung screams, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that's if there's ever a player moment, that's it right there. Right. When a player says exactly. something so, like, so insane, you're like, what the fuck game? <laughs> You just like, what just happened? My brain can barely comprehend this, but it felt so real to me when I saw that on the screen. It was great. <laughs> I just had to look up the cast. I didn't realize that was 2006. That's quite a long time ago now. And Sean Bean's in that one. So I have to ask if Sean Bean's in it, does he die? <laughs> we can spoil uh, this one. Well, he's in, he's in Revelation. So I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think so because huh. in that one, it's not the dad that goes into Silent Hill, it's the mom. Okay. And so uh, dad is kind of left back at home, I think. And I'm I'm reaching into the wayback machine of my brain here, so I could be wrong, I could be misspeaking, but I'm pretty sure his role in the movie is pretty limited. Okay. And there's more than one of these? Yeah. Oh damn. Okay. Who directed this one? See now like I've there's a lot I missed uh, in the early 2000s that are video game related. Apparently, Silent Hill Revelation actually had um, Malcolm McDowell, Kit Harrington, Carrie really? Ann Moss. Yeah. That's like, those are like good actors. I like Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones, Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix. Come on. Interesting. Huh. And you know what? They're, they're spaced out pretty good. Silent Hill 2 didn't come out until 2012. So it's not yeah. like they're rushing threes out the door. It wasn't like Resident Evil where they make making six movies. Like it's a <laughs> yeah, it's a movie every year or two. Yeah. It's Christmas time. It's time for another Resident Evil. Let's go. Right. <laughs> That's wild. But you know, I can see so, how horror yeah. movies, horror, uh, sorry, horror games make for good fodder for movies. That kind of, that kind of fits, right? Because a lot of horror games are pulling from the tropes and style choices of horror movies to begin with anyway. Right, like uh, something like you know Mario and and Sonic aren't pulling from any like established movie tropes. They're they're basically based on the video game, right? But horror is horror, in, regardless of the genre. Yeah. So as as of right now, I think it's safe to say for every good video game film, there's like five or six bad ones. <laughs> we haven't talked about uh, Uwe Bull. Hitman's. Well, there's... Uwe Bull is the one who he's a director who. He kept exploiting some kind of tax credit for filmmaking in Germany, and he would use that tax credit to fund and buy the rights to video game franchises. So he's the one who did yeah. uh, Blood Rain. He did In the Name of the King, which was a Dungeon Siege movie, which is just yeah. a, a clicky dungeon crawling game. <laughs> I like it, but it's not movie material. 
But he he's he did done alone more in the dark, to damage. Yeah, which, he's done more to damage the I'm genre of sure video game movies than anybody else I know. I have a friend who loves horror movies, and he plays the shit out of video games, right? Yeah. So when he went to see Alone in the Dark, he was expecting at least something. He, I, I think that movie he got up and walked out of. <laughs> Is that bad, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Uwe so, Boll's famous for, for shitty one. movies. Yeah, I don't even know if he does movies anymore. I, I just know from his, the, the antics and the circus around him. A weird guy. But uh, I think I think that's a good point to modernize it a little bit and talk about the Sonic movies. Yeah. So we've got one so far, and there's one more in the pipeline at the moment. As far as we know, I don't know if they're like jumping on it and being like, well, we need to get a trilogy of this, but... <laughs> Everything's a trilogy these days, seriously. I, you know, I was surprised about Sonic 1. I don't You've seen it, of course, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... I um, was pleasantly surprised it was a lot better than i expected i think when i saw the early screens of the the early sonic version that they were going to do before the public outcry he said what the hell are you doing um that was like oh this is gonna be terrible but then when they redid the character it fits i mean the voice actor not what i've imagined <laughs> at all but no I think he did but a he, great job. he did it well yeah and it sounded like sonic you know it <laughs> it wasn't jaleel white but it sounded like sonic Close as you're going to get, I guess. <laughs> the only thing that was weird for me was the the human, the token human character, right? Uh, which was basically, was it James Marsden? The guy who played yeah. Cyclops in the X-Men movies, which is a weird, a weird right. role for him. I well, did not expect that. He was, he was also in Memento. Wife was, or not Memento, The Notebook. I'm sorry. He was in The Notebook. The wife was watching The Notebook the other day and I saw him and I was like, why does he look familiar to me? And then I looked him up, and I was like, it's the guy from Sonic! <laughs> what a range, though, right? X-Men, Notebook, Sonic the Hedgehog. He's got a hell of an agent. <laughs> it's like, really? That's pretty wild. But, I mean, Sonic did well enough to where not only did it garner sequels, they managed to, to wrangle Idris Elba to play Knuckles. I mean... <laughs> That's, I love Idris Elba, but fuck. Like I do too. I mean, <laughs> you, he he doesn't do a lot of bad films. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's got some that aren't for me. Um, but it's it's hard to argue that a movie he's in is just explicitly bad, and or implicitly bad. Either way, just bad. But yeah. like Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim was not a bad movie. It was actually pretty good. Oh yeah, he the was cheese that fest too. that it was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, so him coming on to the Sonic franchise feels like it's sort of giving it credentials that it didn't quite have before. Like yeah. I know the first one had Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, big name. But I mean, <laughs> Idris Elba doesn't have an Earth Girls Are Easy in his repertoire, as far as I know. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like the, the one thing I know from Idris Elba that I heard was fantastic from his earlier stuff was a, a show on BBC. I think it was BBC. It's called Luther. I think it's a detective or a police show. I've not seen it, but I heard it's it's supposed to be really amazing. And that's some of his earlier stuff. I think I've heard of as that. As far as I know. Yeah. So, yeah. And like Jim Carrey, I love Jim Carrey. Like, you know, we're from the same, from same town, actually. So I love Jim T Carrey a lot. <laughs> but he hasn't done that kind of comedy in a long time right yeah like he, and his robotnik or eggman was a throwback to like 
Ace Ventura a bit and a little bit of Dumb and Dumber to a bit of degree. Like he, he was doing that kind of comedy mm-hmm. and he was straying from that for so long. He yeah, ever since Sonic, uh, Truman Show know. is when he started to really get away yeah. from that. More serious. And he, he stopped acting for a while. He was mostly doing painting and just, you know, kind of commentating on stuff. Like he was staying away from Hollywood for the longest while. So to see him come back for Sonic, kind of weird, probably for a paycheck, but that's, <laughs> but he was not bad in it. He was okay. Better no. than I expected for sure. So it's, yeah, uh, Idris that was Elba's an interesting Knuckles, one. Tails will be in it, but you know, fuck Tails. I don't know. I don't need to see him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know anything else about the rest of the casting aside from who was in the first movie and Idris Elba. That's it. <laughs> you know what? Maybe that's all you need to know. It's just, it's just Idris Elba's Knuckles <laughs> and Sonic. <laughs> I don't but, know, man. I mean, that, that didn't even repeat the lore from the games either. Like, it's... Everything they were showing was so off the wall as a, yeah. from what they've expressed as lore in any of the games and even the game pro comics they used to have <laughs> that tried to explain both Sonic's history and Robotnik's history is Dr. Kintabor, you know, <laughs> I forgot about the game pro comics. <laughs> I remember seeing some of those. I store away a lot of useless crap in here, man. Yeah, man, that's good. It's good. <laughs> no, it's yeah. Like when I, when I think of Sonic, I first thought they were trying to do something like, uh, I thought it might be as bad as angry birds. There was an angry birds movie. Actually, there's two of them. And I, I don't like them at all. But I, I thought that's how they would go. They would go the fully CGI animated flick take on Sonic's world and probably have, you know, the Chaos Emeralds and the weird loop-de-loops and just try and wrap a story around that. I'm glad they didn't do that. I don't know if I'm sold in the plot of the Sonic film. Like, bringing him to the real world the way they did was kind of odd. But maybe in the sequel, they'll explain a bit more about where he comes from and, and what the, the origin there is. Like, I, would, I want just enough origin but not too much because then it gets silly but i guess we'll see yeah but i i feel like it did a decent job of trying to do what some of the games have done in the past where it meshes you know the what we think of as our reality with what mobius used to be back when it was sonic 1 sonic 2 sonic 3 sonic and knuckles etc you know it was very cartoony there and this they it the movie actually succeeded where sonic 06 failed and a number of other Sonic movies that have tried to incorporate more realistic humanity into the movies have also failed. So it, I liked it in that regard and the movie, yeah, it was goofy, but I mean, it's a family friendly movie. What do you expect? (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? My kids liked it. Right. And that's the important thing for these days. If it's a movie that I can, I can get through and has Jim Carrey, which is funny. So stuff for me as an adult watching it and my kids still like it. Hey, why not? Like, that's the thing with, like, the Angry Birds flick. I couldn't stand it, but my kids liked it, but I, I hated it. So if they ever asked me to go see Angry Birds 3, if they make one, I'm not going to take them to the theater for that. But Sonic 2, I, I would I would go see Sonic 2 with my kids. Why not? And then, well, I mean, you what you were saying, now Nintendo is going full throttle into what you were just talking about, going the, the whole CGI. It's yeah. The new Mario movie is going to be completely CGI by uh, Illumination. The, the animation studio that did Minions and Despicable Me. Despicable yeah. Me. Yeah. If you're going to choose a studio to do an animated movie, honestly, that's the one, right? If you're not going to get yeah. Pixar, right? If you're not going to get Pixar, then Illumination is the studio to go for. So I think that's in good hands. I hope it's good. But like even from the original Mary Brothers movie, 
what kind of story can you do for Mario that would make sense and would be good, right? Because there's none of those games have a lot of plot, I don't think, right? Honestly, what I'm thinking they're going to do is probably something along the lines of Mario RPG as far as outside force comes in and throws everything off. And so you do get a lot of screen time, shared screen time with Bowser and Mario and Peach and Luigi and Toad. And, you know, they, if they all get a lot of shared screen time, then it doesn't feel like wasted money on the cast as far (laughs) as that goes. But also it lets them tell a new story that, you know, their own story. And it just happens to take place in the mushroom kingdom with these characters. And I don't know if you've seen this, but YouTube on YouTube, I've been seeing um, animations and animatics where people take a scene from a movie, a character has done okay. and animate it to one of these characters they were cast in in Mario. So I've seen <laughs> an, animati- seen an animatic of Donkey Kong as Seth Rogen talking to Mario movie. Yeah. But it's it. And it, it kind of fits as far as Seth Rogen doing Donkey Kong. I think he's a good fit for the voice and this proves it, but they used a scene where, um, (laughs) Seth Rogen is talking to Steve Carell and 40 year old virgin about how he's like, I'm one hideous fucker. So you got Donkey Kong saying all that. It's kind of silly, but totally appropriate for it, it kind of proves movie. that it yeah. he works. And then they uh, another one I saw was Bowser using a, a whole scene from School of Rock for Jack Black. Okay. And it kind of works, but it feels a little weird that, you know, it's Jack Black. Jack Black doesn't have as imposing a voice that I feel like Bowser should have. Right. And that's my only issue there. But otherwise, you know, Bowser is kind of a goofy villain, so it works (laughs) in that regard. Go ahead. Yeah, I I love Jack Black a lot, but more for the music side of things. School of Rock was okay. I've seen some of the stuff he's done, and it's okay. I think he's more of a musician than a fan of less of the acting stuff that he does. Uh, I'm more a fan of his TikTok than I am of his movies. (laughs) So honestly. (laughs) Uh, But like you said, if... If the take on the story is the outside force and Bowser and Mario are forced to work together and they're sharing the screen time, then Jack Black makes good sense as Bowser. You're right, because then he's not necessarily the the scary villain, right? He's the goofy villain who's forced to do good. So if they take that yeah. angle with it, you know what? Maybe that could be okay. I could see that. Like the the scene in, in Mario RPG when you recruit Bowser and he's crying or whatever. Like, I think that's hilarious. I think it was really well done. So if they make that the Bowser that's in this movie, then I could totally see it. You're right. Yeah, if if it's the Mario RPG approach, I think it'll work. Yeah. And I'm kind of hoping that's the case. And it also, it opens up a lot of opportunity for the actors to make the characters their own instead of trying to imitate what uh, Charles Martinet has done with Mario and Luigi for decades now, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, I know a lot of people are... It, there's a it's a it's a wild card what people's response will be to chris pratt but i think the majority is negative as mario yeah that, and, that's definitely my take on it <laughs> you know if if you're looking at charles martinet and his version of mario that we've seen for the last 
20 years since Mario 64 where he doesn't say but a handful of phrases and in in an accent that's kind of I don't know Maybe <laughs> offensively Italian I guess <laughs> yeah. um it's it's hard to imagine Chris Pratt as Mario but if you take in you know Bob Hoskins has been Mario I accepted him as Mario in that movie it it worked as that role if you look at Captain Lou Albano as Mario. It oh, I love him. Worked even for the yeah. animated segment. He did Mario justice, yeah. and so I think in that regard, I think Chris Pratt will be okay as long as Mario is not written differently than Mario should be. Yeah, when I first heard that Charles Martinet was not going to be the voice of Mario, I was probably disappointed because, like, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking like, I, you know, the thing I hate the most is when studios will take an established like franchise or video game franchise or, or a cartoon and make a film of it and they basically don't use the original voice actors. I don't think the original voice actors from cartoons get enough respect for the roles they do. I don't usually like celebrity voice casting on the, on the whole. Sometimes it works, but a lot of time I think it's really bad. Um, what's the most recent thing? The, the Marvel What If Things, for example. Uh, they got a lot of the original movie film cast to do the cartoon voices it yeah. almost never works right like i love chadwick boseman don't get me wrong but he's terrible and and marvel what if his performance is lousy and they're all lousy like it's just too stiff they're not used to that medium uh, give me a, a regular voice actor please so, yeah it was it was very yeah. strange to get to the point where you have hank pym on screen yeah and and then you, like the whole time i was like that sounds a lot like michael douglas is that michael douglas a lot of them were, yeah. Um, and then it was. And I was like, okay, why did he sound weird? <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, who's the guy who plays in Guardians of the Galaxy? Peter's father. Um, Kurt Russell. They had Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Yeah, he played himself too. Yeah. So, like, there's a lot of that. And just, like, again, some of them work. They, a lot of them don't. You're getting legacy A-listers to come in and read, yeah. like, six lines. <laughs> it's so money. weird to me. It's the power of Disney. So but you take then the they Mario, don't get. Yeah, I don't understand. I I mean I know, and this, this is a tangent, which tangents <laughs> are tangents. But <laughs> like, why did they not get the other movie actors to do the roles when they got everybody else? Like, I understand Robert Downey Jr. Okay, yeah, he'd kind of gone his de separate way. He's kind of done with Marvel. I get it. Yeah. But then you got Dave Bautista, who's Drax, actively Drax right now. I know he's not going to be in the future. After Guardians 3, he's done. But they've yep. not even filmed Guardians 3 yet. So why was he not approached to do that? That's it's weird to me. I think it's contracts. Like, I don't know if they got Samuel L. Jackson for for any of these. Has he been in? No, he's been in a few of them, but I don't think they got him either. So I think it's probably money, right? Money talks, contracts, who they can lock up. Like Black Widow was not the same actress either, and she's also going through a thing with Disney right now. So yeah, it's probably it's, the money. They right? got somebody else for Black Widow that was also a name I knew. Oh, really? Who was it? Who played her? I'm trying to... Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't know, but you're right. Like the best, the best performances I think are probably like from that are like the Watcher, for example. Who had he is a known actor, but he's also done a lot of voice work from it. I know, and he was really great. I, I can't remember his name. I feel bad, but he was fantastic. But a lot, a lot of the performances are not great in that. I was disappointed, and it's the same thing with 
with when they take cartoons or stuff and they use celebrity voicing. I don't, I don't really care for it. So the Mario movie, I was expecting Charles Martinet, but in my head, I was thinking they would probably, it's Nintendo doing this. They would probably want to do it like, like the Angry Birds movie, which is not good, but they would actually want to build a Mario movie in the Mario King, the Mushroom Kingdom in the Mario world. And to me, that means they would use Charles Martinet. But if they're not going that route, if they're taking a different, a more Sonic kind of thing, or maybe like a, not realistic, but maybe less of a video game tropey type film, then yes, Charles Martinet actually does not make sense. And I'm, I'm kind of over it. I still don't like Chris Pratt, though. I love Chris Pratt in Guardians, but I <laughs> don't think he's Mario. And if I watch that flick, because I'm going to watch it, if I do watch it and I hear him attempt an Italian accent, I'm walking out. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I really don't. I, well, I mean, he's... A lot of people just don't like Chris Pratt for some reason. I don't understand. I do think it's weird that you managed to call that on Twitter back in February. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Six months before they announced the voice cast. You're like, if it's Chris Pratt, blah, 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 then, then it's Chris Pratt. Of course. Behold but... my psychic ability. Yeah. I, I love Parks and Rec. <laughs> I, I do like Chris Pratt a lot, but yeah, I just don't know about him as Mario. It's funny because everybody else in that cast probably work. I think would probably be okay. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. I don't know why DK's in that flick, but you know what? Seth Rogen, yes. Yeah, right. Good choice. Charlie Day is Luigi. I totally see that. I love Charlie Day. I think he'd make a fantastic Luigi. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I'm, I'm a yeah. little on the fence about him, but I think he could make it work. Yeah. Um, even Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. Oh, yeah. I love like, him. It seems like such a weird choice just because I knew the Toad sounded like this, but... <laughs> But you know what? He'll do a voice that won't it won't be as high, <laughs> but he'll do a voice yeah. like similar tone. And I think he's gonna nail that character depending on how they do it. I think he'd be great at it. Yeah. I think that they all have the potential to make these characters iconically theirs, at least on in, in film adaptations. Yeah. And it could be cool. It just I it at this point it all falls upon the writing. Yeah. That's really where where the linchpin of this whole thing is, is if it's not an interestingly written movie or a movie that's written in a way that lets these characters do more than just save princess peach from bowser again it's it's gonna the movie's not gonna do well first off if it's just the same yeah. old story again and yeah, it's gotta be something it's different not gonna let the characters shine it's not gonna let the actors shine as the characters why is the rock not starring as mario in this honestly <laughs> It's a step up from Rampage. Give, give this man a good animated role besides uh, Maui. Gotta give him something else. Trying to remember who else was in this. It's weird that Charles Martinet is just being given a cameo role. Yeah. Other characters. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Like the bombs blowing up? The mushroom? <laughs> like, what's his role? I mean, at least he's got something because I think people would definitely ride if he wasn't in it at all. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you've got Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach. Yeah, Queen's I don't, I'm Gambit. not familiar with her. Who? She was the main character in Queen's Gambit. She was oh, also yes. in Peaky yeah, Blinders. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. That was a good show. And Fred Armisen playing Cranky Kong, of all things. So not just Donkey Kong is in, Cranky Kong is in this. So they're just, like, going all in on the... the the mario cinematic universe here like i'm wondering are they going to do it kind of like wreck it ralph 
breaking that kind of like fourth wall type of thing with video games come to life type of angle. Because how do you, otherwise, how do you make the Mushroom Kingdom and DK World kind of mesh together? I guess they're the same universe, but it I still don't know, feels like, very different. Well, because there's the there's the theory that Cranky Kong is the original Donkey Kong. Right. Yeah, and I've heard that. He's the one that Mario dealt with in the original Donkey Kong games. So maybe that's why Cranky Kong is in it, and it sort of generates a little bit of. Uh, tension in a scene where otherwise there would not have been by introducing cranky kong into the mix you know what i mean because yeah, but- modern donkey kong probably doesn't have a whole lot of issue with mario original donkey kong would especially with seth rogan he's probably just gonna be a stoner donkey kong from the get-go but yeah if- he's probably gonna be super chill and laid back just yeah. give me my bananas man <laughs> but if cranky kong is the <laughs> if they can't go with that storyline though because there's no way that mario in this movie is going to be what 60 if he dealt with cranky kong there's there's no that's way. true so i don't I, i'm curious to see what the story is but it definitely feels it feels weird and i really hope this works because like i said i would i'm not so hung up on mario but i would love to see other nintendo franchises ha- be turned into films but this has to do well because if this doesn't do well mario's uh, nintendo's gonna go back in the fucking vault for 30 years <laughs> like disney and we're not gonna see nothing <laughs> So I hope it works, I hope. Given that I'm pretty sure Illumination, I don't know if they're part of Universal, but they're at least heavily connected with Universal in that, you know, Minions and Despicable Me are parts of Universal theme parks now, you know? Right. And with that, chances are, with Nintendo's connection to Universal right now, that's probably why Illumination is doing it. But I would hope that, you know, they're approaching it with the <laughs> reverence feels like a weird word to use here, but, you know, the, with the attention it deserves yeah. to make it a movie 100%. and make it thrive. And, you know, it, it would behoove Universal to make this movie work well since they've got that deal with Nintendo. And right now, you know, they've only got Mario Land set up, but there's going to there's supposed to be Zelda in the future donkey kong and you know if this is if this is a success it's gonna be a massive influx of nintendo themed films aimed at children and families for years to come give me a zelda movie i'd be all over that depending on how they want to like any of the zelda games the plot is just enough there that i could see a movie based around that for sure i'd love to see a zelda movie absolutely and i mean how how hard would it be to insert a two-hour adventure into the middle of the timeline somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 I mean, <laughs> especially easy. with the Zelda universe, with all these parallel timelines and back yeah. and forth, you could totally fit it in. Like, I look at something like um, Castlevania, the, the TV show, fucking fantastic, right? So if you, you give the writing yeah. to expect, like you said, the reverence, because it's you need to do that for fandom these days. You give them the right mm. director, the right writing, you can totally do great video game movies, but it all comes down to the writing. And I'm, I'm really curious about Mario. So, I'll cross my fingers. I didn't even mention The Witcher. Oh, shit. That's another one, too. It's not a movie, but it's a film adaptation of a video game. Right. And it's, yeah, like Witcher 3 is such a great game series. And I love the TV show. I didn't think I'd like Henry Cavill, but dude, he's fucking good. I'm looking forward to that, too. (laughs) There's a story about him 
the the way he speaks in the in in the Witcher series was not how he was supposed to speak in the Witcher series. <laughs> I heard that, yeah. <laughs> he he was supposed to just be Henry Cavill. And he couldn't help himself. He accidentally tried to imitate the guy who does the voice of Geralt in the games. Yeah. And Dave nobody Cockle, had think. the heart to tell him you're not supposed to be doing that. And after a while, they just kind of let it be and they liked it. And that's yeah. <laughs> what he did. It's awesome because like he's the show is based basically on the novels, the books, right? And the game yeah. is kind of its own thing. But the game is what is so popular with a lot of people right now. And Henry Cavill is a huge fucking game nerd, like a lot of us. Yeah. Right. He like building a PC and showing on Twitter and shit. Like he's a he's a huge gaming uh, guy. So for him playing this role is playing Geralt from the games. And like to me, I can see yeah. that. Like I tried I tried reading the books and I tried listening to the audiobooks and I like them, but they don't the performance of Geralt is not the same as the Witcher in, in Witcher 3. And I love that character so much in Witcher 3. But it's <laughs> it's fine. Like, this show is great. I, I love it. But uh, oh, there was some other... There was another thing I was going to mention, too. Oh, yeah. They, like, it, <laughs> there were just so many memes about that show before it even came out. Like, because Henry Cavill is such a notorious character actor, and he yeah. has to take time to get into his role. There were memes like, oh, the Witcher is being delayed because Henry Cavill got stuck on side quests. You know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I heard the rumor that he slept in his armor or something like that to get into the role of the character, which I, I love that. Shit. I love when actors go really into a role like he he definitely loves that character and it shows in his performance. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing, too. Like, you I'm know, Chris Pratt, maybe Chris Pratt will be an amazing Mario. Maybe he sleeps in the red hat every night next to his wife and eats a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he's maybe he's preparing his body for that role. So we just have to wait. I mean, and see. I, I, I do think he has the acting chops to nail it and make it work because he can play yeah. serious and he can play goofy. And I mean, that's asking a lot of a Mario movie, but <laughs> he can do both. Have you seen yes. Tomorrow War? He uh, was, no. Uh, is that good? Tomorrow War was really good. Okay. And I, you, I, I make sure to. you have time to sit down and watch it because it's a two and a half hour film. But oh, is it? I mean, that's the Amazon got, Prime thing, right? Right. Uh, it like, was that long. Okay. It's it covers a lot, and at a point you're like, "How is there more movie?" Like, like there was one point where the wife and I were watching it, and we were thought it was about to wrap up. Paused it. It's got forty five minutes left. <laughs> that's okay. They. No. I mean, they. Yeah. They covered the content that you'd see in a movie trilogy in one movie. They answered every question you could possibly have, wrapped okay. it up in a neat little bow, and every bit of it was enjoyable. Even though, yeah. like, Wife Wolf is consistently and constantly, when we watch movies, she's like, this doesn't make sense. Why is that happening? And she kept doing that at the beginning of this movie, right? right. And then down the line, they'd answer it. And she was like, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can I can get behind that. Okay. Like by the end she was satisfied and she was not frustrated with the the time travel loopholes she had come up with and the okay. issues they had and all that. So it was it was pretty cool. See, I like that. I thought it was like an hour and a half maybe type of movie that would pose some interesting questions and then kind of hang you and hook you for a potential sequel that would never show up, right? Like like movies like uh Will Smith did a movie called Bright on Netflix a couple years ago. And I love yeah. that movie for as bad as it was. But it answers nothing that you want answered lore-wise for that world. And they're never going to, right? Like, it was as close to a Shadowrun movie as you're ever going to get. And we're never going to anymore. Mm. So that's why I was kind of put off on Tomorrow War. It's like, 
Amazon funded movie film. Maybe it's good, but is it just a, a chance at making a, a vehicle for a franchise or is it actually a single movie? But if it's like a two hour movie and it's contained, I'm totally down to watch that. I actually want to watch that now. I'll be up for that. Yeah, I I honestly can't imagine where they would how they would approach making a sequel to that movie. Okay. You're With saying. the way everything unfolded, if they ever make a sequel, the sequel will be nowhere near as good as the original. It's just Yeah. <laughs> it's that, gonna be shoehorned if they right. try to get a sequel out of it. Yeah. But it 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 is a good movie, and Chris Pratt did the role well. You know, he's he's got issues, his character is not, you know, just goofy good guy in this one he's actually he's got a serious role there's a few moments where he cracks a joke but it's not like it's not star lord level it's it's more like average guy level you know it's and it all works and so i think he can make mario work and i just hope that audiences don't shy away from the movie purely because of the cast. If the movie deserves to be panned, it deserves to be panned, but I don't right. think the cast should be what holds people back. Yeah, and, and like I said, I like Chris Pratt, but you're right. It's all lives or dies by the writing, I think, right? A movie is not going to succeed or fail based on cast alone a lot of the time, right? There's right. more to movies and, than that, so. And there's, there's a lot of people who are like, oh, the Ghostbusters movie with what uh melinda mccarthy and kate mckinnon uh kate mckinnon i love kate mckinnon i really enjoy melissa mccarthy i think they're both great leslie jones hit or miss i saw her she's doing uh supermarket sweep now and she's really channeling steve harvey which is weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay and then like (laughs) i've seen her do things and she's i've never seen her just straight up act like steve harvey and that's what I'm getting from Supermarket Sweep. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, she's <laughs> but, not bad. I've watched a couple um, SNL episodes with her. But you're right. Yeah. That cast in that movie is not the problem. The problem with that movie was was the writing, the script. Right? It was the it was all the writing. It's not because yeah. they made our Ghostbusters girls. No, who cares? Oh. It's it's just a poorly written film. the The climax sucked. <laughs> the villain was lame. Like they they were like. They thought they had this cool idea of let's make the villain the Ghostbusters logo. You know? Yeah. No. Just, no, it's dumb. <laughs> it's the villain is literally the, the ghost. Throwing out at, the window. Yeah. Yeah, it's literally the ghost at the beginning of the real Ghostbusters cartoon that's walking down the street avoiding things. <laughs> like, that's the villain of the, Ghostbusters, the 2016 Ghostbusters. <laughs> and it's not, it's just a poorly written movie. They had yeah. so much good casting. Chris Hemsworth as a a dopey male Janine. No, Janine's yeah. cool. Janine was badass because she was badass. She was pushy. She yeah. was intense. She knew what needed to happen and did it. You know, that was yeah. why people like Janine. And replacing her with a doofy model who's just taking on clerical work in his spare time. No. <laughs> and like, it's not the actor because we've seen the actor in like Thor. He's an iconic actor in the Marvel franchise. Like, he's a good actor. But given yeah, bad scripts, you get a shitty movie. So yeah. Melissa McCarthy is the Ray analog, totally fits. Yep. Kate McKinnon is the Egon analog, totally fits. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Kristen Wiig as the Vankman analog. Yeah, it, she was good it too. It fits. And it just it was just not a 
it's not on the actors at that point. That's all I'm no. saying. Yeah. And uh, at least I think people they get a second go rally with against. Afterlife. Yeah. Yeah, I think people rally against bad movies too often, blaming the cast when it's just a poorly written movie. The project was not greenlit the way it should have been greenlit. Yeah. Like you can tell when a studio's like, we need to make one of these, and here's what's going to be in it. And it's just, it's all like a pie chart of money, 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 right? And it really reflects in what comes out. So that's why, like, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I mean, if it, I'm hoping that turns out good, it looks like it will. It looks like that's more of a, in the spirit of the original two, right? Not necessarily yeah. a sequel, sequel, but it's like a next generation of Ghostbusters, but done in a more classic tone, I think. Well, it is a sequel, sequel, just in the fact that it's Spengler's grandchildren, you know? Right. But it's like, like it's potentially like a reboot kind of, right? Like that, the distant future sequel. Like the, there's that trend now where they're taking all the original actors from these things and giving cameos in movies and it's. It works sometimes. I'm hoping it works in this one because this one is going to have Eddie Potts, Janine's going to be in it, uh, Ernie Hudson's mm-hmm. going to be in it, right? All the original cast has a cameo that's still live anyway. So I'm curious to how they do it. My wife really wants to see it for her birthday this year, so we're going to go check it out. Well, there's a theory out there, and man, we are on a big tangent right now. But <laughs> us, never. Uh, the that the name Afterlife is actually a sort of nod to Harold Ramis's character of Egon. Right. Like he's sort of guiding the kids from the afterlife. God, I hope that's because like, he had unfinished work. You know, I hope like, it's that and the invisible hand sense and not that they're going to try and do him in CGI puppetry. No, <laughs> like it's everything I've yeah. read from the cast. It sounds like whatever they did, it was very tasteful and fitting for the franchise. And okay you know, respectful of Harold Ramis. So yeah. as long as it's not like some goofy Casper Harold Ramis, <laughs> I think it'll be fine, you know? Yeah. Well, cross my fingers. All righty. Is there anything else you wanted to share? No, I think that covers video game movies. I think we we're good on that part. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it is with a heavy heart that we must announce that this is the final episode of Press B. Yep. Um, responsibilities at home have made it to where pushing one of these out every week is not exactly feasible anymore. <laughs> yeah, we, podcasting's love... hard, y'all. <laughs> I've yeah, said before, we... there's, a, there's a lot of work involved, man. Yeah, we love the community we've built. Thank you all for listening. You, you're all troopers for sitting in and... <laughs> strapping in and dealing with our tangents and <laughs> verbal side questing we do every episode <laughs> yeah i gotta i gotta say like um there's few things i've done i think creatively in my life that i've been more proud of than this podcast this podcast has something been great i've tried twitch i've tried youtube mm-hmm. i've tried writing and stuff on the side and i don't think i've ever stuck with something this long and invested so much of my energy into making something as best as i can and press b was that for me uh really sad that we can't continue but like like both said like you know between work and potentially moving and i also have a baby my third coming in february i know what i'm in for and i'm you know, gp gp's also quite busy as well and just we lost pulse so it's been a drain this past year we've all been super busy and anybody listening who has that tough job and also has kids you understand, right? The the lack of free time you have. And 
as much as you want to continue it just if i can't put in the time necessary to, to for us to be successful then i think at some point we got to say we got we got to step back and i think that's where we're at right yeah. now yeah I and mean, this has been a lot of fun i've enjoyed the entire process it's this the press b will always be near and dear to my heart it was something that i had kicking around in my brain for oh three four years before we started and right. when we were all hanging out and just like we should do a podcast i was like well i have an idea <laughs> yeah well i remember when you first and mentioned it, the idea to me i'm like yeah yeah because i've been wanting to do a podcast for like three four years but who the fuck wants to listen to me talk about myself <laughs> so <I'm> like <laughs> right so and i was always i was always concerned about doing one on video games because video games is a very saturated <laughs> market and podcast yeah but when you mentioned the 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 retro angle and i think our connections to twitch community a lot i think i think it worked really well i was very happy with what we did yeah same so um, uh we will definitely keep the podcast live on uh on all the major platforms for at least a year hopefully you know, as long as we can beyond that, but yeah, uh, we're, we'll put them up on YouTube still and get that all done. So you'll always be able to go back and listen to us again if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like we'll we'll still be around, right? Like, uh, oh, yeah. I have no excuse now. You'll still find me on Twitch at some time because, again, what <laughs> excuse do I have not to stream now <laughs> before the baby comes? Or you know, you of course find me on tw uh, Twitter as always. And I mean, I've not been streaming for the last couple of weeks because of my time constraints but uh i will also be back on twitch soon so there's that yeah and by the time you guys hear well uh, shortly after you guys hear this because this is going live tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> shit i'm uploading it wow, like we after are at this the recording. wire on this one <laughs> dude it's it's i'm not even waiting for 1 a.m this is going up as soon as i do the levels i'm, I'm uploading it because i've been too <laughs> Like, I think you mentioned the offline. It's it's like high school, right? <laughs> Graduating from high school, where just like you're 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 nervous, you're scared a bit. I'm kind of relieved in some ways, even though I'm gonna miss yeah. the hell out of of doing this with you guys. Um, it's yeah, it's time to to put it aside for now. Nah. After we decided this the other day, I was definitely just like moping around the house for a day and a half. Yeah, Everything same. I was doing, if I had time to just sit and think i get all mopey and just like oh <laughs> yeah my wife's like what why are you so upset and i'm like oh we're not, we're not gonna stop the podcast for now I'm like oh that's too bad and she moved on her way yeah <laughs> right like, she never got weird. it that's, that's fine <laughs> nah, she's supportive but was... not a listener <laughs> exactly wife wolf was like yeah you guys i i think that's the right choice yeah <laughs> So, you know, and like, I'm sad GP couldn't be here, be here today, but I know he, he would have wanted to, but uh, like he's, his life is very busy right now too. It just, it's been a lot this past year and anybody listening to this, you've been through a lot. We, we know. So um, I do want to say if you have ever liked our videos or watched us on YouTube or told a friend or pitched money to Patreon or any of those things, any of that support meant the world to us. And I want you to understand how how important that is to podcasters. They don't get that feedback from their listeners. And it's very important they do because that's, it makes my day. When we got our first 
five star review on on iTunes. That made my fucking day. So that kind of support, <laughs> you may not think it matters. It totally matters because a lot of us podcasters are small. <laughs> so yeah, if you're not listening to Press B, I want you to find other small podcasts out there, maybe video games, maybe something else. And I want you to go to their Twitter, subscribe to their Twitter. I want you to go to their iTunes, give them, leave them a review. If they have Discord, fucking join it. Give some kind of support to a small podcaster out there because I'm telling you guys, it makes the world a distance to those guys doing what they do. It's incredibly difficult to do a podcast. It's a lot more work than you may think. And it's really one of those and, hobbies, and it is a hobby, is, is the more yeah. you get put into it, the more you get out of it. But it can be very draining. So the support from fans is so critical to a podcast. And we've, and, had, we've been lucky and, to have what we've had. Not just podcasts, like anything. If you like something, let the creator know that you like it. If you yeah. like a local restaurant, give it a review on Yelp. Don't just save, the, don't just save that crap for the negative stuff. Put the positive responses out there for everything that you enjoy so that the creators and owners and whatever it is they might be get that feedback and know okay i'm doing something right you know we don't have enough of that in the world anymore and i think that's something needs to come back a little bit (laughs) yeah the world's a little too negative so but hopefully this podcast you've enjoyed it if you're listening and you stuck with us uh means the world to us it really does and uh this is very hard for us to to give up on press B, but it's been a wild ride, man. Two years. Yeah. 110 episodes, I think, as of this one. Roughly. Uh, if yeah. you include tap B, probably more like 115, something like that. I mean, I've said before, I this but is most be podcasts are lucky to get past six episodes. We we did 110 yeah. in two fucking years. Like that's a fucking achievement. That's like the top three percent of podcasts. So and we, I'm happy we with started that. it what? bi-weekly and then we went weekly yeah. and stuck to it somehow i don't know how we managed that but we did it yeah we've and never missed an episode we've come close <laughs> real close <laughs> more times We're than cool. you guys know more yeah, times than but, we are probably comfortable admitting yeah but uh we've always got an episode out there and i think that was always really important to me was to get that episode out mm-hmm. there so good and i'd also like to say one final thank you to arthur the last ancient for doing our theme music knocked it out of the park oh huge and uh thank you to all our guest hosts we've had over the the two years we've been doing this so thank you to everybody who's been a part of this we love you all yeah the end Thank you.